You are listening to the Brentwood Baptist Church Life Group Leader Podcast, a resource to equip and encourage group leaders on their journey toward being disciples and making disciples through life groups. Here are your hosts, Jay Fennell and Paul Wilkinson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of the Living Scent Podcast as we unpack some important questions for us uh, as we think about what it means to live scent where we live, work, and play. I'm here today again with Jason Dukes, who actually wrote uh, the material that we're looking at uh, in our life groups on all of our campuses, as well as learning from uh, worship, learning from the platform on Sunday morning as our campus pastors preach uh, through these topics. I'm glad to have Jason. Jason, hello. Hello. And so let's just jump right in. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. So here's the question that I want us to kind of unpack. First question today, Monday, is uh, why does understanding our identity in Christ truly matter to living scent? Why is identity something that we need to consider and think about as we are called to live scent uh, where, where Christ has put us? Well, uh, I think for two reasons. One, because if we don't understand that even living scent, for example, is a part of who Jesus is making us to become, so it's a part of our developing, forming, transformed identity, right? This idea that, um, or I think as, as we typically say in the, you know, here on our camp, on the, or in, among our campuses, the, the form, conform, and transform. Like if we, the, the idea that that's who he's making us to be. It, it isn't just that we're becoming a self-improved person or, but he's making us into fishers of men. So mm-hmm. that he's giving us a new existence and a new identity. And so that understanding that he's doing that, right, makes this more than just a task that I do. Mm-hmm. It makes it more than just something I've got an obligation to or something that I need to just get over my fears and go get busy at or, you know. And, and so the second reason, though, that it's important is it I begin to understand that it's something that's coming from who he's making me to be. It's a spillover of even what he's doing in my life. It's not, so in other words, as, as Paul says, it's compelling, right? This identity is compelling. And I think, I think it's important for people to understand that if we really recognize what Jesus is making us to become, and if we recognize how we don't deserve it and the freedom that we have in it and the abundant life that comes from it and, you know, all these incredible elements of what we call good news, Mm -hmm. right? If we understand that, then it would compel us to want to share that with someone else. I think one of the things you mentioned uh, a number of podcasts ago is referring to that Mark 1 passage that we've looked at already, where Jesus says to his disciples, come follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. That make you to become could literally be translated come to exist, right? Mm-hmm. And he even said that and mentioned that in the podcast. Yeah. So he wasn't necessarily also, Jesus wasn't just giving them a new focus for their work. Yeah. He, he was He was giving them a new identity, right? That's right. I mean, he's creating a different existence. And so you, you can link that to identity, security, and purpose, which I try to do throughout, I tried, tried to do throughout the study so that people would understand this isn't just something we do on top of growing as a Christian. It's what Jesus is growing us to become. It's what he is making us to become. I I don't add this to my list of activities. 
I begin to recognize that he is helping me to have the fullness of life that he and only mm-hmm. he can give right. in the way that his love compels him to share his love with us, to give his love, to create environments where we would even engage him in that love, right? The Garden of Eden and creation. This idea that, that, that he, what he is up to, he's letting us in on. That's the identity. He's allowing us to completely identify ourselves with him and what he does and who he is and making us to become that because he knows we'll experience his love fully, we'll experience abundant life fully, and we'll begin to give that love and life to someone else. Identity matters. It does. Why does understanding our security from Christ matter to living scent? Well, it's similar to what we talked about yesterday, only because they're linked, right? I mean, our identity is this this undeserved, gospel-centered, uh, Christ-finished identity that we've been given uh, by God, and He's invited us into. We believe what He has done, but but the fact that it's from Him, and so that word "from" doesn't mean like security away from Christ. That would kind of be a silly notion, but security from Christ because of Christ because of what he did. So Mm -hmm. our security is Christ finished, right? It is finished was more than, okay, it's time for me to die, right? This idea of Jesus declaring that on the cross is, is he saying what I came to do, what I came to secure for you, what I came to demonstrate to you, what I came to clarify to you, even as he says in John 1 18, that he came to, to reveal the father to us. What I came, it's finished, I just did it. That work's done. And now I'm going to resurrect the identity and security and purpose that I've always intended for you and invite you into it. And so the fact that we're not appraised on what we do, but that we have been declared loved, worth dying for, his given an identity by him, the fact that he makes us to become back even to the to Mark 117, right? Like it doesn't say follow me and you can help make yourself become like you follow me and I will make you to become. So we've got this declared value that we do not earn on our own. And so there's two reasons why that matters, right? We're secure. We're not safe. That's a different, that's a different word. You're not safe as a follower of Jesus. In fact, just read the new Testament, right? Like there weren't many people that were safe following Jesus, but you're secure. Why does that matter? especially in the context of living sent. Two reasons. One, because we've been called by Jesus to love like he loves us. Well, the way that he loved us had no regard for the cost in his own life. It had no regard for the suffering that it put him through. It had no regard to what he lost. Mm -hmm. It had no regard to what, as Philippians 2 says, that he had to not hold equality with God as a thing to be grasped, right? What The things he had to be open-handed about, it had no regard to that. His love was free and outlandish and abundant and unconditional, and he's telling us, now you go love like I've loved you. First of all, that ought to rattle us to the core, because I don't know how we do that, right? But secondly, we have to understand, he's making us to become who he is. He's, he's sharing his identity as the son with us as sons and daughters. He's giving us his daddy. He's saying, you now are in my family, period. Not because you deserve to be or I deserve to be. I'm, I wanted you there. 
So you now have the, you can take the risk to go love like I love because you don't have anything to lose. Mm. Right? It's like I say to my son who plays basketball, to go out and play like you have nothing to lose. Right? You don't, you don't get to the end of the game and all of a sudden five people out of the crowd come out and say, well, you were really bad in this area. You go out and you just play your heart out, right? Well, I think we've got to love like that. We've got to love like there's nothing to lose. And like the reservoir of love is not going to go empty because it's filled by God's love. That's what we tap into undeservedly. If we understand our security in that way, we're willing to go take that risk. But then secondly, all of us have issues. All of us are broken and all of us have insecurities. But if we understand who makes us whole, who makes us complete, who is in charge of our healing, who helps us in our brokenness, you know, if we understand uh, the idea that our security to be able to act like we are a child of God isn't dependent upon whether we keep acting like we're a child of God. But that's how most people think of it. They think, well, I can't go make disciples. I can't live sin because... I'm not right now acting that way, or I've got this issue. And I think what we miss is God's standing beside you, working on maybe developing, transforming you even in those issues. Confess those things. Stand up again with him. It's what Paul says in Romans 5 in the context of unpacking the gospel for his readers there. He says, no, no, you're going to face things that are hard. And he takes it to the place of even the things that are hard because of what you and I did, because mm-hmm. of our own sin. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. It, it grows in us proven character and proven character hope. Why? Because we are able to stand in the midst of even our own issues and troubles, not just the ones that come against us. I'm secure, right? And I think if I live like my security is not based upon my performance, but upon the performance of Jesus, then I'll take the risk to go make disciples and love some. That's the key. Yeah. The key is... Resting in the security that we have through Christ, not on our own merit. Yeah. Right. On the things that we've earned or tried to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big it's deal. A, it's a big deal. And so this particular question has to do with purpose. So here, here it is. Why does understanding our purpose with Christ matter to living sin? Yeah. And I hope for our listeners that they've caught the, the intentionality of the prepositions in these three questions, the one Monday, Tuesday, and today. Because we have an identity in Christ. That's the language that Paul uses in the New Testament especially. Um, and that's an identity we didn't deserve. It was freely given to us because of who Jesus is. He, Jesus, has made us secure. Um, we have that security from him because of who he is and what he has done. And then he invites us on purpose. And here's the key. And I think I think this sometimes trips people up because... They'll hear it and think it's just semantics. But notice the preposition on the purpose statement. It's purpose with Christ. So identity in Christ, security from Christ, purpose with Christ. And the reason I think that's important is because God being with us was important enough to him that he named his son that. Right? That Jesus is another name for Jesus was Emmanuel. God with us. And not only that, Throughout the Bible, the word with, for example, the, the verse most of us know, probably a lot of the listeners know, is Joshua 1.8, when he says, 8 and 9, when he says, hey, don't be afraid, I am with you. And he says that to him multiple times in Joshua 1. Jesus, in his closing uh, commission, says, you know, I, I have authority to give you this as you're going, baptizing, teaching, make disciples, 
by the way, I'm with you. We have a purpose with Jesus, the King of all kings, the creator of the universe, and the one who set in, in course this redemptive plan before he even made us, before we even sinned, and before we ever said we were sorry. He already, Ephesians 1 tells us, had put down the foundation for what would bring restoration. And he made us anyway, and he gave his love, and then invites us into that purpose of redemption and restoration with him. Right? The redeeming of lives and the restoring of lives. People coming back into the wholeness of being identified with him and living with him and being uh, loved by him. And so that's the purpose we've been given. That's why we live sent. We don't live sent for church growth's sake. We don't live sent for any other type of purpose, but to make disciples who make disciples. And that making of disciples isn't about my own Christian development. It's about us all being formed into a dwelling with God. And so this purpose with him. So, so the statement that someone might make is that, or the question that I'll often raise is, so were you intended to live for God or with God? Are you intended to live for God or live with God? And it's not just semantics. Because I think a lot of the church in the, in, in, or the American church and many environments for that matter with regard to religion have created environments and emphases where we say you got to do this for God or for your benefit or for your spiritual growth. And, and we think in those terms when Jesus has really just invited us into something with him. I think that's important for us to catch. And if we can understand that, then we're a lot, maybe, maybe it helps us deal with our fears. Maybe it helps us deal with our own insecurities. Maybe it helps us deal with the question why with regard to our very lives. And we can catch that purpose with him. What does a life look like in your mind, Jason, with someone who's living for God versus someone who's living with God? What would that, how would that practically look in your eyes? Yes, that's a great question. I think for me, I've had, I've had, I've known folks, especially when I was a lead pastor in a renewal, a church renewal situation. I knew a lot of folks who, as we would dialogue about this type of concept, they would begin to share, well, this is what my life has looked like. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read the Bible for my own growth. I've read, I've, I've had tried to get perfect attendance for the sake of feeling like, okay, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm spiritually worth something. I'm working hard at this. I've quote unquote gone to church because I thought that's what I needed to do for God. Right. And, and, and it typically was motivated by one of two things. I know God did something for me. And so now I should do something for him, which isn't a bad motivation. Right. I mean, it's a compelling thought, but the, the one that's probably very unhealthy is the one that a lot of us, especially in Southern, the Southern United States in the church have gotten caught up in. And that is, I, I got saved by Jesus and by grace, and I'm thankful. But now I need to do, I work really hard to keep that favor, mm. to work, to live for him. And we might not ever phrase it like I just said. We might not ever say out loud, I'm doing this because I want to keep, I want God to keep loving me and keep being pleased with me. And I think what we've got to, what we're failing to understand when we think like that is that the gospel declares something over us. It's not that we are worth something such that God would be pleased with us. It's that out of his love and only his love has he declared us to be someone now identified with Christ such that he is pleased with us. We won't please him. We won't ever fully please 
him. That's not, I don't know that that was his intent. We've got to understand that what pleases him, in fact, Hebrews says this, that what pleases him is faith. Mm. Yeah. And so think about, so the logical question would be then, what are you faithing? What are you believing? Right? I'm not believing just the concept of the death and resurrection, so now I have salvation. I'm believing that he has said over me, you're loved. Mm-hmm. I'm believing that he's loving and good and has invited me to share his goodness with me, not now just asking me to go and live for him in a good way. Right? That's what the Pharisees did. And Jesus said that, that, that our righteousness has to supersede theirs. So I think we've got to be very careful that we don't get caught up in defining our own spirituality by how we live for God. But we get into this incredibly joyous uh, purpose that we get to go live with him. That's a good way to put it. And it's a challenging thought also. Yeah. And this week we've been talking a lot about identity, security, and purpose and um, and how and why that matters to living sin. But let's just face it. Jason, there's sometimes where we just screw it up, you know. Yeah, for sure. We lose focus. We um, we get maybe caught up in our own world, and we don't have eyes to see the people around us that God's putting in our lives to to help them to become fishers of men as well. In those moments, what what do we need to do? Um, what what do we need to remember as a part of our identity to help us, maybe even compel us and motivate us to move forward, even when we fall and stumble. So let me set it up this way. Why does this quote matter? My name is Jay Fennell. And even on my worst day, my real name is Jay Fennell in Christ. How does that, how should that encourage us? Man, I, I, and, and I, I get it. What I'm about to say probably sounds like a generalization, but if there is any one podcast that our listeners hear, I hope it's this one. Because I think, I think what, what has tripped us up for so long, and, and you can, you read it, it's Peter's life, right? Like you, what has tripped us up for so long is we always fall into the traps of comparisons, the traps of performance, and the traps of, I could never be enough and all the different ideals that we've set up in this spiritual journey. And, and I hope our listeners recognize why this truly matters to the core, not only of this idea that we should be living sent, but just to the core of who we are in Christ, which is linked directly to the fact that we should be living sent. And so that quote, it matters to living sin. It matters in this context because if I forget the truth of that statement. If I forget the truth, the gospel declares over me that I have a different name now, right? And you see this, by the way, throughout the Bible, constantly God giving a different version of the name to people, right? Whether it was even take it and you can, you see it, you see it throughout, but take Abraham, for instance, and his name change and Jacob to Israel. And you see it even in Peter, right? Where, you know, Jesus tells him you're Cephas and you know, I'm going to build it on this rock. And what's crazy is if anyone was not rock-like mm-hmm. in the way that they would waver because of their different gung-ho-ness and courage versus the fears that they truly were dealing with, that was that was Peter. And I think we're all there, right? And, and, and so one time I was up speaking with a, a church family in Philly that's a Chinese church um, in, in Chinatown there in Philly. And uh, we had gotten done with the morning stuff and 
the lead pastor and I were walking through downtown Philly together just to grab a quick lunch and and I just asked him because we were we had become friends and I was just asking him more of a personal question and said hey uh, his, Lawrence is his name Lawrence Tom but his nickname is LT I said hey LT tell me tell me what uh, what's something man that's really just been wrecking you growing you challenging you uh, as a Christ follower and uh, he said man you know what the last series I preached. I was walking through some of the dip, Paul's different letters and I preached on identity and I, it dawned on me about the middle of the series, a week where I was probably demonstrating selfishness in every relationship in my life in a way that I just didn't want to. Right. Mm. Like I was, I was, I knew I was being sinful and I was doing my best to pull back out of it and confess it. And it just wasn't working well. And here I am a lead pastor, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and he says, and I, it dawned on me about midway through that series, during that week, right in the middle of my study, hey, LT, it's almost like the Spirit whispered it to me, he said, even on my worst day, even on your worst day, you're LT in Christ. Believing the gospel is something that we do, but remembering the gospel may be more important to the Christ follower. Mm. Yes. And so we, we've got to preach that truth. We've got to remember that truth. We've got to preach that gospel to ourselves every day. I can stand up every morning and his mercies are new every morning because the truth is, even on my worst day, I'm still Jason Dukes in Christ. And that's true. The question is, and it's what Jesus asked to Nicodemus, right? Are you going to believe? Right? For God yeah. so loved the world, gave his only begotten son. This is how much he loved you. Mm-hmm. Do you believe? Because I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. And you're condemned by your unbelief. Don't forget the truth that even on your worst day, you are fill in the blank your name in Christ. Great truth to remind us who we are. You know, even when we mess up, even when we fail, we, we're... Uh, so hard on ourselves yeah. and we render ourselves useless yeah. to God's kingdom when that's completely not true. That's right. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Thanks.